Welcome to Hamstrings and Heartstrings, where running is great. Except when it's not. I'm Ellie. And I'm Chris. And uh, yeah, that's that's where we're... Boy, we got to really... I got to really get that That's opening. who we are. <laughs> got to get that opening down. <laughs> we try to change every week and we don't. No, that's... I mean... Still, still Ellie and Chris. That's, that's us. We're stuck with, we're stuck with uh, just as God made us, as they say. Yep. <sighs> as they say. all right ellie ellie before we get into it i want to start with a little bit of follow-up okay follow-up all right which is is a continuation of some thoughts or some partial thoughts we might have had last week (laughs) so we started out talking about um i don't know i somehow we got on the topic probably my fault of uh barkley and oh Cause I was calling you an ultra runner and you're like, shut up. And I was all like, ah. and then I said, I tell people if they want to know what ultra running's like to go watch Barkley. And you were like, are you out of your mind? Barkley is not an ultra running movie. And one of the movies you brought up, which is one of the movies I really do like is unbreakable. It's great. It's great. We actually, um, watch that. I subjected my whole family to watching it. When I was about to go out for Western States with Jamie Hobbs, I was like, you need to watch this. This is what I'm going to be around. The <laughs> no. best part of that movie is me watching the whole time wondering when Killian is going to get his beautiful white suit <laughs> dirty. And he never does. He never does. I'm like, guys. that's how I knew he was blessed by the running angels is that that white spandex and top stayed white the whole race i'm I'm thinking it's something it's far more technical than spandex it's super micro or something it really just elevated his goat status to me that was when he was coming on to the goat so um okay so then I you said that's ridiculous barkley is not an ultra marathon movie that's not a great representation and what I tried to say was it's, it's what's most accessible to people, everyday Joes. You want to say, you want to know what ultra running feels like, right? Like this is what it is. It's a crazy insurmountable task that a lot of people undertake because they're not sure they're going to make it right. A lot of the hundred milers aren't Anton racing up at the front, right? They're, they're not, Oh, I know I can do this. It's about how fast can I do it? Am I going to get 14 hours? Right. And so the comparison in Barkley is these are just gutting it out, uh, nasty footed, can't sleep, sleep deprived, can't follow the course. Like all of those things, your average ultra runner goes through in a hundred miler. And so that uh, to me is more exemplary of like, what I feel like when I, when I'm doing a 50 miler, I feel like those guys in Barkley. That's how I feel. Right. Like end of your guts. So that's what I was trying to say. Whereas something like unbreakable is now, okay. Now that you understand what an ultra really actually feels like, here's what people who are good at it. And this is what racing an ultra looks like, right? They're two different sort of experiences to me. I didn't say that very well last time. What I said was (laughs) um, that, you know, once they see that, then maybe you show them something else and maybe it doesn't matter what you show them, you show them whatever. But um, no, I think uh, 
And I, I recommended that podcast to you because I think everyday Joe's. So I recommended Ellie episode 68 of Reconcilable Differences, which is one of my favorite podcasts. And it's two nerds, right? One lives in San Francisco and one lives like out suburbs of Boston. They're nerds. They have some running. They're like running adjacent people. But their perspective on Barkley is what I sort of wanted you to hear. The everyday person's Oh, I watched Barkley. I know a little something about running, and this is what it turns, what it looks like, it sounds like to me. It, yes, it may. I, I knew what you were going for. It made sense. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, to you, it made sense. Yeah, I just struggle with um, having someone watch Barkley and then think that that's what I do because that is not what I do. Absolutely. And that's why you can't just say that's ultra running. You have to sort of couch it as, okay, you see those feet? My buddy Mike Weldon had feet like that at Mile 80 of Burning River. You know, like you got to, you bring it back to like real life. You see that guy right there, John Fig Reese? Yeah, he's doing that. But also he ran 65 laps at Mind the Ducks, which is a nice flat paved course. And he did it, you know, like you got to, you got to sort of like, but, but to me, Barkley is you want to see the ultimate like, exaggeration of everything which then might land it for them to realize oh because again if you watch you watch a marathon movie you don't see the people (laughs) that you can relate to right (laughs) you see the winners and you know or if you watch a marathon on tv you see oh he's falling off the pace he's down to 447 per mile now it's like correct. You see the male winners, like well, what happened to the Olympic trials. Yeah, exactly. And that just bums me out. I mean, in Boston, they make a point of showing the women because, you know, I don't know, maybe because they know that the women would rise up and boycott NBC if they didn't show the women. Like, I don't know. But it seems like Boston's the one marathon where they do focus on women quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. We got a long way to go. But we're getting there. Yeah. And my thing is like when somebody is like, Oh, you should, you should do Barkley someday. I heard this marathon. and I'm (laughs) like, yeah. And I'm also the person that gets an Airbnb before the start because I'm not camping outside before I have to run. Right. And that's where they miss. They miss the point of, because it is so all exaggerated. They miss the point that 40 people get in. (laughs) That's it. And if you know what it's like to try to sign up for any race, <laughs> when, it, when there were races, um, signing up for any race, if there's only 40 slots, you're not getting in. Because every important, big, fancy race is selling out real quick. And mm-hmm. if everyone does come back, that's only going to be crazier. Yeah, I like it all the like, But there are like a lot more races, which is mm-hmm. nice. Because, yeah. you know, I mean... Most of us, all of us, aren't making money on the sport, so we can get a PR at Scranton Steamtown Marathon, or we can get a PR at Boston. It's mm-hmm. the same thing. Yeah, and unfortunately, a movie's not going to be made about that for the most part. You know. Yeah, I mean, well, now that there's like YouTube and all that stuff, everybody mm-hmm. and their and their mother is making a YouTube channel about their running. So. Yeah. So one of the things that they also mentioned in the podcast is how they felt like these um, pasty 
nerds are at the forefront of the sport and they're sort of figuring it all out and they're like, how many gels and how many hours and what's the actual, you know, uh, best course. And they're like, well, pasty nerds better enjoy it now because once you figure it all out, some athlete's going to show up and just eat your lunch. You know, some bombshell like me, it's going to come and be like, thanks, babe. (laughs) See ya. As As long as there's a little, um, one of those little mini houses that pull up <laughs> on the side of the road. Exactly. For you. But yeah. I thought about that and that is sort of the way that ultra running started. Right. And that's sort of what we're seeing, what we were seeing at the end of the race world, which is like the fast track guys are now coming in and eating the lunch of the people that were like, Oh, can I do a hundred miles? Let's see. What can I strap to my body to make it there? You know, now all the fast. Yeah, guys I, are moving well, on. I mean, that's like the, but that's like just the evolution of everything, you yeah. know. Like, I mean, yep. we had like typewriters and then computers, and now yeah. we have iPhones. So it's just yeah. things are getting a little bit more, well, more fine. Now we have voice dictation, right? But like yes. the idea, I like that they're looking at it in that analytical way from the outside of like, okay, I see this is the beginning of a process, and over time, this process will be to the point, you know. Um, so anyways, like I said, that's uh, episode 68 of Reconcilable Differences. If anybody's do a you, podcast fan, I'll put it in the links. Do you uh, listen to that podcast regularly? Yes. Because it was just right before, so you told me to speed up to the Barkley part, which I did. But I got to like, I think five minutes before the Barkley part. And all they were talking about was people that they accidentally banned on Twitter. And all I was like, I was just thinking, Chris really likes this kind of thing. Like he doesn't even like social media. It was just so strange. Yeah. Um, I listen to technology people talking about technology. Um, and those two guys, um, I don't understand in all the podcasts that I listen to all of the tech podcasts, they all talk about how much they hate Twitter. All of them. Yeah. They're on Twitter. Cause they don't know how to use it correctly just to make them laugh. Well, <laughs> they're all on Twitter all the time and they just talk about how terrible it com- and they know the company and some of them even know the CEO and they just talk about how like it's terrible yet they can't quit it. And I'm like, that's a part that I can't relate to, but it is how I get a little bit of the Twitter sphere and like, Oh yeah, it's still terrible. I'm not missing anything, you know? Um, but those two guys, they talk a lot about how they're getting old and broken and how they're broken on the inside and why they, the, the con- conceit of the podcast is how they got the way they are, you know? So it's really mm-hmm. nice. And they're both, in, well, Marlon's like 53 and John's like 45. So they're like, you know, my age, they're dads of kids and they're in technology and they're very relatable in a lot of ways. But they both That's use, really interesting. They use a ton of Twitter. Ugh. You just got to use it in the right way. Social media is just a tool. Like for me on social media, I follow a lot of memes, cat videos and funny people. And so I laugh. I hate social media because it always, even the people that you're following that are your friends that you know and love, you're, you're scrolling by whatever their current thought is. And sometimes those are ugly thoughts and they still feel free to share them and they still force them in my face. So don't, don't follow your friends. I don't follow my friends. I follow cats. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I just, I just don't care enough about it. Like it's, I have a hard, as anybody knows, I have a hard enough time with, you know, uh, Instagram, let alone Twitter. True. No, I understand. It's just, it's a tool. That's what it is. And sometimes you overuse the tool. Ain't that the truth. Yeah. 
So, uh, will the audience be taking a drink, Chris? Or did you run this week? I did. I did run. I even ran this morning with my little puppers through the park. She will nice. not. She will not drink water, despite how hot she is. And I ran yesterday. I went to Ontario County Park yesterday, and I ran. Oh, OCP. Yeah, and I ran around the. Uh, I ran sort of around the bike trails for about an hour, and then I went down the Finger Lakes branch for a half hour and back up. So nice. Was pretty good. I thought I lost a pair of shoes for two days. I couldn't find them. Where'd you find them? Uh, in the shoe rack. Oh. <laughs> oh. But weird. But it is weird because all my shoes are hanging up on a wall here, in one of those like little hangy behind the door organizer shoe things. Mm-hmm. those ones got into the shoe rack somehow. And like on the bottom of the shoe rack, like where they're not supposed to be. I have no idea. How. So weird. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. Good times. Well, that's good. Audience, take a drink. <laughs> you get to, you get to quench your thirst for once in two weeks. All right. Good for them. Good for me. Good for all of us. Yeah. I'm glad you're running. Me too. Times they are changing, Ellie. Times they are changing. I'm uh, yeah. I'm at if you see here, I'm at a standing desk right now. I got my standing desk finally all set up, so I'm nice. very excited about that. I got my little. Just bench. make sure you have like a yeah something on the feet. Well, I got because if little, you're standing on hard, it hurts after a while. I got my little balance disc here. See now I'm taller and I'm on my little oh. balance board. See that? Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. Times they are changing. I, for my standing desk, I highly recommend the Target bath mats. They're so soft and, flush, soft and flushy. I stand on that. Nice, nice. Yeah, I want to get one of those. Uh, I used to have, I have it at work. I should go to the office and just get it. One of those anti-fatigue mats, you know, that yeah. like, you know, cashiers and stuff use. Um, yeah. I should go into the office and get it. They do make a huge difference. Like we have them at CTB and oh, it's so nice. Yeah, so the past four months, my standing desk has been not put together. So I've been doing too much sitting at work, which is at home, which is where I'm recording and talking to you right now. It's all the same place. It all happens yeah, right here. Yeah, you just never leave. <laughs> yeah, so now I got the standing desk, and it's been uh, four days, and I feel imminently better. Good. Imminently. Eminently? Yeah, I find eminently. I more when like I'm doing stuff when I'm at my standing desk rather than by sitting. Yeah, it's just yeah. better. And you don't like, I don't know, you don't sag into it, you know, like. Yeah, I'm like, I'm going to fall asleep. Yeah, yeah. So very exciting. I did find my shoes, which is, whew, can't, this day and age. I know, she only got one pair. Uh, well, in this economy. You know, you need your shoes. Uh, so, yep. Yep. What about you? Standing desk? You look like you're sitting d- right now. You're comfortable. No, I, I'm actually standing at my standing desk right now. Nice. Um, but uh, running wise, actually, I am sort of shutting it down a little bit for probably this week. I asked the coach for a down week. On Thursday afternoon, I just slammed right into some fatigue wall. And, uh, I have been sleeping a lot. So Thursday I got done with work next morning. I tried to do like an easy run and it was all right. Just not, I could tell I was tired. 
got home from that, slept until I had to go into work, uh, worked for six hours, got home and crashed. And then yesterday, Saturday, I slept like most of the day. I'm just, I was just tired. Like I haven't had a, I haven't had like a proper, I feel like rest in a couple months. And so I had, I took these four days off Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. And so Saturday I just, I woke up and I just was like, I don't really feel like my legs want to do a workout. And my mind does like the workout looked real fun, but my legs were just like, don't think so girl. So uh, I slept in and just went for like a walk and slept most of and rested most of the day. Um, and then today I went for a run, but then still a lot of resting and just chilling because I took these four days off for only just because I wanted to have no responsibilities for four days and two out of two doing good. <laughs> Got two more. Uh, I haven't gotten our schedule for this next week, but I did ask coach for a down week. So I probably won't run tomorrow or if I do, it'll be something like quick and yeah, I just need a little bit of a, a down week because if I don't have races, which we don't have races, I forget to rest after the race. Mm -hmm. And so it's just been a couple months. I've had a pretty good build, but I could feel that fatigue really setting in. And so it's, uh, I'm taking like this week to absorb the training and, um, yeah, I like yesterday felt weird, but I always know that if it's difficult to take a day off, that really means that I need to take a day off. So, uh, that's kind of how it was. It was kind of weird for the first half of the day, but I have some accountability people and I just, you know, was like, I don't, it's not that I don't want to run. It's just, I'm tired. So I'm yeah. just going to try my best to lean into the bed. Yeah. What you, what you got to watch out for is when it gets easy to take a day off. That's the trick. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I well, love that running. Good. So that sounds, that I'm sounds, not, uh, it sounds a lot like rest day brags. It does. Doesn't it? I actually <laughs> want to know what I like came across my radar the other day. Our, our first episode is called <laughs> rest day brags on your podcast. Yeah. You were so young. Like, oh. You were so young back then. So young and naive. <laughs> Thought I knew everything. Right. Yeah, every oh, every day I look back and I go, boy, I thought I knew everything yesterday. Yeah. So imagine it what it's like looking back four years. Yeah, what's really great is when you do a podcast for five years and somebody hears one of your episodes from five years ago and decides to email you about it and tell you how wrong you are. <laughs> yes. I got one of those this week. Which really? is great. I mean, Do which is, tell, please. Yeah, well, no, it's, I'm not going to out the person. It's just, it's great that people are listening is all. I'm just happy people are listening. Somebody sure. took Somebody took umbrage with some of my opinions and I was like, okay, uh, listen, listen to the next 80 episodes to see if maybe I evolved in my thinking, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. See, that's what I told myself about Joe Rogan. But he keeps just not thrilling me. <laughs> no, I. The only thing I like about Joe Rogan is that he will have anybody on his podcast. That's the only thing I, I like about don't him. like that because some things don't need a voice, like right. white supremacists. I, I agree. I I don't say I like what happens once they get on the program because I think he can do things a little bit differently and talk to people in a little bit different way, but. 
Um, I have a problem with, you know, uh, many other things. I just like that he, you know, seems to bounce around to all sorts of different topics. No. I struggle with that. His reach is so vast and he can do so much good. And sometimes he does. Sometimes he like will just he'll like have someone on that like probably is reaching somebody and they really need to hear that. Right. But then he'll say something stupid like his comment about only pussies wearing masks and that just ruins it because it's like you could do so much good here, sir. And you just, and you know what? I wouldn't like, because his audience is primarily white men. I would not uh, put it past them to, he probably like just like justified more people not wearing masks and that, in addition to other things that he's done, just I can't even anymore, like ever. And he's interviewed Courtney DeWalter. He's interviewed Zach Bitter. I like those people. He's interviewed some smart people. But, like, it's like just because someone plants flowers doesn't mean that because, like, it, it takes out that they killed someone. You know, it's just it's one of those things. And I just it's something that I just Joe Rogan. No. Yeah. I mean, I don't listen to him either. And I completely agree. But. Uh, people are complicated people and, uh, you know, that's why, uh, the old punk, uh, saying, you know, kill your heroes or what have you. Um, don't meet your heroes. Don't meet your heroes either. But, um, was it kill your idols? That's what it was. Um, so no, I, I, people are complicated and, and people that do so much good are still capable of doing so much bad. And it's really hard in a world where, we are, um, you know, six second social media clips and we are branded as whatever our latest tweet was recently. Mm-hmm. And even if you tweeted, uh, you know, okay, okay. So I've been watching a lot of Hamilton lately. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, quite a bit. I think I've watched it three times now. Um, and I've been reading a little bit about Hamilton and, um, I'm going to watch the documentary about free, freestyle love Supreme, which is, which birthed Hamilton. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so I did not know that part. Um, I, I wanted to talk about Linwell Miranda in a Love sense, him. in a sense of, but here's this thing. Okay. Right. So he does, um, Hamilton and Hamilton, one of the things that I love about Hamilton that all it takes you is three seconds to notice is, um, the um, many colored people that are on the stage that don't happen to be white in very prominent roles and very good at what they're doing in a world, you know, broadcast world popular show like that casting is amazing. All those people are great and they're not white. Like imagine, right? So Linwell Miranda does something like that. And obviously the casting has a part in it as well. But, you know, he does all of this stuff um, for Puerto Rico, you know, and he raised millions and millions of dollars for Puerto Rico. Well, he also tried to negotiate this um, bill that would restructure Puerto Rico's debt. And he, he, you know, he went to Congress and he asked about, you know, debt forgiveness from Puerto Rico and all this other stuff. But there was one bill that was enacted and I'm actually trying to, um, pull it up right here. But anyways, so because he lobbied for that, um, all of a sudden, um, Oh, 
uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda advocated in 2016, advocated. So anyways, he's done all this stuff, raised $15 million uh, to be channeled through this one foundation, put a million dollars into rebuilding this new theater, um, you know, uh, backed uh, or worked with lawmakers to back a bill for Puerto Rican debt forgiveness, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But then um, advocated for the passing of the Puerto Rico Oversight Management and Economic Stability Act, a law setting out to restructure the debt of Puerto Rico following Hurricane Maria. The law led to budget cuts resulting in the closure of over 200 public schools, cuts to government labor benefits and budget cuts of the UNICE. It was met with protest and uh, UPR shutting down due to student strikes. Miranda became a target of criticism, especially when he came in to perform Hamilton in Puerto Rico, given his lobbying on the bill. Right. So like he does all these millions of things, all this so much good. But he did this other little thing that was uh, apparent, you know, uh, apparently not as little as if you and I went out and made a little mistake. Um, but he did one bad thing. And all of a sudden now he's like, that's a predominant chunk of his Wikipedia entry, right? Good people can also do bad things. I don't think he intended that to happen, though. I don't believe so at all. Like, I don't really, but I don't really think Joe Rogan, in the sense, like, saying you're a pussy if you wear a mask, he knew how fucked up that was. Oh, uh, absolutely. And then no reason, no way am I trying to justify that saying what I'm saying is, no, but I, get, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Right. Like makes sense. He, he might do one or two things. Very good. He's raised a ton of money for charities, but charities that he chose for his reasons that are important to him. I also don't really like him because of what he's trying to do to the podcast industry with signing on with Spotify for a closed podcast. I don't like that. It's going to do things to the open podcast industry that I really value. It's going to ruin those things. But all of that aside, um, he doesn't run either. So, you know, whatever. Only pussies smoke cigars and hang out with Elon Musk and don't run. True. God. (laughs) Anyway, uh, so speaking of Hamilton, though, so there's a documentary on Hulu, which I'm going to watch, uh, called We Are Freestyle Love Supreme. And basically the um, In the Heights and Hamilton are two musicals that have come out of the collaborations of this group. And basically they do like improv musical comedy and they used to just do it all together as friends. Like a lot of the people in Hamilton to like a, a gross stage of like 30 people and through those relationships and stuff like that, that's how they created Hamilton and In the Heights and it just looks really good. Yeah. Very cool. I'm going to have to yeah. check it out. I don't watch a lot of Hulu, but, you know, I might for that. That's the free streaming service I have through my phone carrier. Nice. (laughs) Yes. So I was like, Hulu, yay. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, so that's uh, that's, some follow-up. That's a little bit of running. That's a little bit of uh, freestyle commentary on Joe Rogan. and uh, Yeah, well, I want to, like, pinpoint in your comment about, well, you better not make, like, your – it's really easy to just get up and not run, which I don't like to perpetuate that message because I think a lot of people, especially people that have the mindset that I do when you were just like, Oh, well, you know, after a while it gets easy to just not get, Oh no. When when you said, when you said you, so let's go back. (laughs) You said, I know when it's hard to take a rest day, that means I need one. Yeah. And I was just saying counterpoint, watch out because it can become easy 
to take rest days. Yes. And I think that, and I know what you mean. And I know you're just, I know what you mean because you, I don't think you deal with this, but I know a lot of people in my camp and a lot of people who follow me, who message me, they are perfectionists and believe that it's hard to take rest days because then you're lazy, then it'll become a habit. It'll become easy. And I just want to reassure everybody that taking a rest day like you'll run the net, you'll keep running. It's not like you'll take one rest day and like, Oh, that was easy. I never have to run again and never find the motivation. You will run again and they'll probably feel better. And so I just want to clarify that like <laughs> it, taking a rest day, like it's not, it doesn't mean that like you're going to take rest days forever. See, this <laughs> but, is really you know. hard because again, we're talking about how the one thing the one thing you say is now your label that defines you, right? And like, yeah. it's really hard to mince words. I hate mincing words. I hate like, I hate uh, walking on eggshells. The worst thing that you can do is feel like you need to walk on eggshells and then record it and release it for any literal person in the world to download it and listen to, right? Yeah, and then so, they hit me up in my DMs and I'm like, <laughs> oh no, I won't collab with you. <laughs> no, I'm not I'm not interested in a collab to raise my... Um, 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 what's an influencer profile? Yes. No, not interested. Um, have you seen my Instagram feed? Don't tell me I'm knocking it out of the park right now. Cause it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't, I don't play baseball and, uh, <laughs> it's not, yes. you know, um, so no, I, so yes, take it the comments in the spirit in which they are delivered, which is, uh, <laughs> you know, too many days of pizza and beer and suddenly your podcast host starts uh, inventing drinking games around whether you've run or not. So, Hey, I mean, that was kind of funny. <laughs> All right, Ellie. I'm thinking actually though, doing something. So I don't, I, I, I want to see like what the cutback week looks like and then how much better I feel next week. But I'm actually maybe going to start to experiment with taking like a complete one complete rest day a week, which I know most people do. Um, my coach is fine with it also. I just like, it, it really like our easiest day is like 40 minutes, you know, it's, it's something like manageable and easy that, but I was just like, maybe it might benefit me just like emotionally, mentally, just to take one day off a week. And just like, I mean, I live like 15 minutes, a walk from buttermilk. So I could just, you know, go and get my buttermilk time or something, which like I, I, maybe that would benefit me for like the next couple of weeks. We'll see. Mm -hmm. I'm open to whatever. I don't have, you know, I got that big race in a couple of weeks, but it's fine. It's fine. Not worried about it at all. <laughs> oh, I miss normal. Yeah. Well, I hope it was good while we had it. Cause put that in your rear view mirror. Yeah. Oh, speaking of something else that's new. So I don't know how much you know about the CTV and Ithaca bakeries, but there are five of us. Uh, well, five and a half. The half was my half fresh uh, that I managed. Well, fresh is not going to be reopened. Mm. Oh, womp womp. Yeah, it has because nobody, nobody's going to because nobody's going to the gym. Yeah, and then when it does reopen, it's going to be so weird in there. I don't even. I don't want to go in there. Um, so I've been working at a different one of our stores for the past couple months and it's fine. I've adjusted. I've made some really great friends. It's good. Um, but then they told me, my bosses told me on Monday that when, so I work at the downtown store and the store that's in college town has been torn down and they're rebuilding it across the street and it's supposed to open August 17th. Um, that's we've my known birthday. About this for, 
<gasps> well, I can say happy birthday <laughs> with a bagel. Okay. Anyway, I'll get it on the um, 18th because it'll be a day old, day old bagel. Yes, it'll be free. <laughs> um, and so it's being rebuilt and it's, we're supposed to open August 17th. And we've known this for a while. Like I've never, I've never worked at that location. So, um, and I'd been working at the downtown one and things were going fine. Well, they, they took me by the hand and they said, Ellie, we're going to bring you up to college town with us. And I was oh. like, that's a half an hour walk straight uphill guys. <laughs> I don't think I can do that. They're like, they look at me, they're like, what? You're the last person. I was like, you don't understand that hill. It is a burner. Like, Oh my goodness. And so now I will be doing that. Um, and, but I am not walking up that hill. I am like figuring out the bus schedule or cause parking is just non-existent or terrible. Come on. And so Chris, I will not be shamed. <laughs> No, you just, you'll get rock hard calves. I already have rock hard calves. Well, there you go. I My running buddy and I were watching a movie today, and at least twice, I was like, I have a calf cramp. Oh, my God. <laughs> I just started weaving. <laughs> it was great. Huh. Yeah, I already do run enough hills. I don't want to walk another one. And then his suggestion was, why don't you just run there? And I was like. Because the thing is, you got to balance, like, running with recovery. So, like, I need, and then I'm on my feet all day. So, like, I don't want to have to run to work after I finish my run, then work, and then run home. It just, I understand, like, that you amazing ultra runners that just, like, live and die by that tons of mileage. I don't, period. That's a complete sentence. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yes, I, so everybody now will have to visit me up in college town with your mask All with right. the college student. All right. Great. Really, really great. So speaking of bagels, let's, let's wrap let's this transition. puppy up. Dude, let's transition. It always cracks me up when you say let's transition. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's because i work for a hospital i don't know but <laughs> let's transition all right oh Ellie. me huh i get to go first okay yeah. today's uh new star on the scene is uh picky oats got me some Yay. got me some bags of picky oats this week given okay. one try I got um, Nobody Can Beat Chocolate or Can't Beat Chocolate. Yes, that's my favorite. And, uh, yeah, I haven't had that one yet. I've been eating the um, the one with the goji berries and the cardamom. The matcha. Yeah, the matcha. Game the set great, matcha. Yeah, game set matcha. So I've been eating that yeah. one all week. Um, it's really good. I like the flavor. I, it's weird um, in a sense of, like, uh, chewing a goji berry is interesting. So like, yeah. You know. Um, but it's funny. I made the overnight oats last night and I think I just used just a touch too much almond milk. So it was like, you know, cause they say use a heaping half scoop, a half cup, you know? Yeah. That's because Jesse Thomas just yeah. loves to add extra heaping. Like you should I hear know. their podcast. I, I can't, I can't heap enough in order to make one cup of almond milk work. He's so. like, then I add a glab of peanut butter and I'm like, great. <laughs> yeah. That's scientific. 
Yeah. So that's what I'm working on these days. I'm trying to get back into a normal breakfast, a regular like athletic breakfast mix. So I'm trying to do my overnight oats, wake up, eat them, get rid of them and go run. Sounds, sounds like perfect. Actually, you're like doing things right. I'm trying. I got my standing desk and my overnight oats. So yes. So <laughs> two out of seven ain't bad. All I'm, right. I'm a really good procrastinator worker. That's what I'm really yes. good at. <laughs> I saw a tweet from Des Linden today that was like, procrastination is the, is the, um, poor man's like heat training. <laughs> I was like, yeah, girl, you know. All right. So what are you eating, Ellie? You're talking, you were telling me before the show about a bag of lettuce that you're working oh, through. Oh yeah. So I've been working through, it has been really hot. So I make my own salad dressing. So I've been working through some greens with, I usually do either tofu or seitan and, or like an egg and then, um, or cheese, like a bunch of cheese, feta, mobetta with some feta and uh like hummus and sometimes like olives tomatoes any like vegetable that i have and i just do a bunch of dressing and usually like some chips or like a scone or some sort of carbohydrate that i just want to shove into my mouth and that's been pretty good but this morning after our run i really wanted a huge pastry so we went to a bakery and got pastries or i got pastries it's great i just want to assemble that salad that you put together there Lettuce with homemade dressing, a bunch of cheese, and a scone. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what it is. And maybe and, an egg uh, if you're feeling saucy. <laughs> if I'm feeling... <laughs> and uh, that's like how we survive here, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, awesome. a rest day bragging and cheesing. Yeah. <laughs> All right, before before I want to before we wrap up, I want to ask you, um, what's the microphone update like over there? How's that going? I dusted it today. <laughs> I was like, "Whoa, looks a little." A little, a little <laughs> Gotta dusted. get that off. It's got some of my chip crumbs on it actually, because it's near my desk. Real good. <laughs> like, whoa. Real good. Um, I can't commit to doing anything in these four days. So yeah, I know. no, um, I tried, I went up to Best Buy and they were just not having it. I this, that it. geek squad was just not, he's like, you're not here. You're not one of us. I was like, all right, I'll go <laughs> podcast, <laughs> whatever. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. It's a podcast. Uh, all right. All right. I'm trying. Okay. It's okay. If we keep them as entertaining as this, we, what do we need? Quality. <laughs> Yeah. yeah it's, like, it's like, why do your lettuce greens need to be nice when you got cheese? Just put cheese just on it. Them. Yes. All right. Yeah, the hits keep coming. Make they them do. Laugh, make them laugh. Make them laugh. <laughs> uh, all right, Chris. Thank you very much for being on time today. And this was lovely. Oh, oh, sick burn. Sick burn. This real, was so good. You can, you can eat out. Yeah. Okay. Bye, Allie.